Welcome to the Build the Future podcast. My name is Cameron Weesey, and I'm your host. I've always been fascinated by the ideas and sentiment that drove American culture in the 1960s with the space race. A culture galvanized to dream about the possibilities of tomorrow. Whether it's food, transportation, cities, biology, or anything else, it was this cultural mindset rooted in optimism that the world tomorrow would be better than the world today. A mindset where people were compelled to build things, and I quote JFK, not because they were easy, but because they were hard. It's this desire to build and to dream that seems to have been lost, and something we're here to bring back. With Build the Future, we're here to promote the ideas and stories of those who see how the future can be better, and promote their plans to get us there. It's our mission to get you to dream about the possibilities of tomorrow dream about the future that you want to live in and inspire you to go build. Today, I'm starting with Anna Chenintai, the co-founder and CEO of Apis Core. At Apis Core, they're developing the robotics and materials technology to 3D print buildings both here on Earth and eventually on Mars. Let's jump right in. Thank you so much for being here. I'm very grateful to have you have you on to talk about the work y'all are doing. I came across it on Twitter a few months ago. I'm like, oh, this is this is really sweet. I think it was around the, kind of the, the NASA project. Like, oh, I have to talk to y'all. This will be cool. So uh, thank you for being here. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure. Can you tell me about the future you're building at Apis Core? What's the vision? So the future we're building at Apis Core is the future where robots 3D print houses where robots build houses, let's say. And actually it lets the, it brings us to the future when the problem of affordable houses, it's no longer a problem. Because the, if we can bring the automation to the home building industry, the whole, the productivity of the process can be significantly increased. And actually we will be able to 3D print to build more houses, right? Because today it's the huge gap between how much we we build houses and how many we need to actually bring to meet the growing demand. And uh, having the uh, traditional construction technologies and materials, and obviously that we're very behind of the, to meeting the growing demand for new houses. And if we can bring robots to do this, we can fill this gap by actually building more and more houses. So this is the uh, philosophy behind the AP score that how we can bring automation and robotic solutions to the home building industry that which actually hasn't been changed since almost middle ages. So yeah, this is where we are today and what we, we want to bring to the world. You're right. There's a, this huge gap in the availability of housing and, and or the need for housing and the availability for housing, especially in like emerging emerging markets like Africa and, and South America, where they just can't keep up with the demand for all the people who need houses, right? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, about the this problem with the affordable houses, it's very different from the country to country, from market to market. So for example, in the uh, developing countries, like countries in Africa, the problem is that there is no enough skilled labor there to meet the growing demand. So the, the 3D printing technology there solved the problem, not how to build cheaper, but how to build houses at all, right? <laughs> they need houses, but they just cannot meet this demand 
uh, using the manpower, fortunately. And it's also the question about the predictability or repeatability and the quality of construction and actually about the scalability of the construction process. And the robotics and automa automation solutions help to scale this process and build more houses. In developed countries like the United States, for example, the problem is also about the how to scale the, the process, but also how to build cheaper. Because here the labor cost is very high. And so the 3D printing technology brings the uh, value of how to reduce the costs. So in the United States, it's like a, the two problems that the technology solves, the how to build cheaper and faster and more. And in the developing countries, it's more about how to bring houses, how to build houses at all, right? So where are y'all where are y'all starting with this? Because it looks like you have your your project in Louisiana, which is going to be the first kind of three D printed major development, if I understand correctly. Why why start in the U.S. where you're tackling kind of those just those two problems? Where you go to an emerging market where there's simply just a need for housing, and so you'd be able to kind of scale up perhaps a bit faster without all the industry kind of you know incumbent ways of viewing things. Yeah. So the any new technology. It's also always very expensive in the, in the beginning, right? If we can have a look at the big innovations in our history, they mostly were very expensive in the beginning. But then over the time, once we improve the technology, learn a lot and bring more development in the technology, then it becomes more affordable to use uh, for the different markets and different applications. So today, the technology, I would say that it's not quite affordable for the developing countries, right? Because it's new technology. It needs some time to adopt this technology somewhere, prove how it works in the reality. And so the United States market is the best place to start uh, this because here the construction industry is more advanced right and uh, they're here the the country of where the business is all the time like a bit make our life better right so here we have opportunity to test the technology to figure out uh, how we can develop this and how we can reduce the cost of the technology itself on the robotic solution for example and only then that would make sense to bring it to the developing countries where the solution and the technology might be affordable for the uh, other markets. Yeah, so we just start here to adopt the technology, develop the technology, and uh, later scale it overseas. Tell me a little bit more about the technology itself. So what, what does it look like to 3D print buildings? And what are kind of the processes that go into that? Yeah, so typically when you say that uh, we through the print houses, people just immediately imagine that the whole house through the printed, in, including the roofing, the windows, the furniture, everything. <laughs> but in reality, <laughs> the uh, the 3D printing technology today is about 3D printing the wall structures, the shell of a house. And so the shell of a house actually is one of the most, I would say the most labor and material intensive part of construction. And it actually comprises almost 80% of overall materials needed to build a house. So this is the why we bring further uh, this solution to build the wall structures. Because if we can identify what the process takes the most labor, efforts, time, and materials, and we can bring the automation solution there, that would be a significant step forward 
how to increase the productivity for overall process, right? So today, the 3D printing technology in the process where we construct the walls using the additive manufacturing process, basically we build the walls, adding layer by layer the concrete-like material, and basically we create the desired shape of a building directly on site. So uh, yeah, so this is what the 3D printing technology is about today. So, so it's kind of, it's very similar to like if you're going to 3D print like a little plastic toy in one of the you know, desktop 3D printers, it's very similar to that where you, you have kind of the design on the computer, you, you model it out, and then you set the, the robot in the plot of land where you want to develop. And then it kind of moves around and like lays layer by layer, building up the, the shell of the house, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Basically, the idea of 3D printed houses came from the traditional plastic 3D printing technology. So it made such a huge revolution in the manufacturing process, how we can build small objects, right? Because basically, the additive manufacturing is the response to the subtractive manufacturing process. Subtractive manufacturing process that existed like a hundred years before additive manufacturing. And it works in the way that we have a stock material, solid material, let's say, and then we remove the material like throughout cutting it away or gluing or grinding, something like this, to get the desired shape of of an object to get a part. And it obviously generates a lot of waste, right? So we actually waste a lot of material just to get the desired shape of an object. And so the additive manufacturing is what the like a response to that, how we can do it differently. And additive manufacturing is about to create the object by adding the material, not to remove it away. And it also to how to create the desired shape, you know, adding the material, right? It's like a smarter way how to produce things and objects. And so later, and this approach actually brought a lot of innovations and uh, change the way how we can produce small parts. We, we used it in the in medical industry and uh, in prototyping. So it significantly helped us to reduce the cost of prototyping and also helped us to manufacture some things that used to be very expensive to manufacture with the substructive process before. And it's also about the saving, saving the time how to produce the things. So the first innovators in 3D printing construction technology thought like, uh, why we, what if we can apply the same approach to build something bigger, like uh, houses, right? And so this is how the 3D printing technology came to the world. So the, the first innovators start using bigger machine instead of the desktop through the printers. So we, if, we, if we want to 3D print such a big object like a house, we need to have bigger machine and we, we need to have different material, like a concrete-like material. The layers also would be a, big, a little bit bigger rather than the traditional plastic layers. So it's like the larger version of the plastic 3D printing technology, but the basic approach the same is how to create the, the shape, the object, by adding the material and without generating waste, like without wasting the material, cutting it away. Yeah. There's this funny cartoon that I, I that comes to mind where it may have, might have been a cartoon or some YouTube video, but like, it was like how to make a baseball bat. So they had a block of wood and they would like shave it down to get the shape of the baseball bat. And like the rest of that wood is just like scraps and it's wasted. 
we don't need to be doing things like that. We can be taking the additive approach. Yeah. You mentioned the concrete-like substance. Um, when, when I look at the demos and stuff on the website, it looks like it's yeah, you're just like pouring kind of concrete layer by layer. What's actually going on there? What is this concoction you guys are using to print these buildings? It's a very actually interesting part about the technology and very important part of the technology because we, we say that it's concrete through the printing technology. But basically the material that we use, it's not the same as the regular concrete because the regular concrete cannot be extruded. But for the concrete through the printing technology, we need the material that would be possible to extrude. So basically it has to flow when it goes on the hoses and all of the system. But once it comes out of the extruder of the nozzle, it has to stop flowing and the material has to maintain the shape of a, of a, of, of a layer. So it's like a it's like a flowing but not flowing, <laughs> and regular concrete actually cannot do this because regular concrete is very liquid material. So just like it would melt, right? Yes, yes. It's like the puddle, you know, just like an, or like an ice cream cone, right? Like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think that even ice cream is more extrudable <laughs> rather than the concrete. I would say the concrete is more like a juice, you know, when you just need to pour a lot of material like very fast and feel the very big area immediately. So the extrudable concrete, let's say, it's the material that, again, can be extruded and doesn't become a puddle once it's coming out of the, of the nozzle. And so this is where the material science arises to what the, how to create this material. And so there is no uh, one answer how to, what the recipe for this material, because the material science allows us to create different recipes of extrudable material. And basically today, the extrudable concretes consist on the, of the cement, Portland cement, because it's a binder that put together all the components. Uh, sand, very fine sand, up to two millimeters. Particles has to ha- have to be up to two millimeters. So it's very fine material. Regular concrete actually has a gravel inside, very big stones. So this is one of the difference between the materials. And so then the extrudable concrete also contains the additives. And additives basically present like a 15% of the recipe. It might depends on the recipe again. But additives, they are some chemicals that actually make possible to, to create the extrudable material that help us to have the material with the specific viscosity. Actually, the 3D printed material, very high viscosity material, and also to accelerate the setting time of the material and uh, achieve a, a lot of other properties needed to have the extrudable uh, concrete. So, yeah, this is the science behind the 3D printed material. And actually, the cement, the Portland cement material, it's not the one component that might be used to create the, the extrudable concrete. Because of the 3D printing technology, it's very new type of construction and actually new, new technology, right? Because we never 3D printed houses before with the concrete-like materials. So this technology allows to open a huge room for the new materials, like eco-friendly materials or alternative materials. It just depends on the material science, what the composition of the recipe might be. And so the one of the material that we actually go into introduce in future, it's called geopolymer material. So what's cool about this material is that 
this material does not contain cement at all. And it's very fire resistance material and waterproof material. So, and it perfectly works for the, uh, for the extrusion, you know, with the, uh, for the three different purposes. And so it's, a uh, we were, we believe that it's a very important to transition to the new materials uh, because they, it will help us to reduce the negative impact in construction industry that cement generates, right? So the carbon foot is very huge in the construction industry. So let's imagine that we can 3D print million of houses because 3D printing technology allows us to build much more houses faster and quicker. So let's imagine that in future we can build million of houses with the material that does not contain cement at all. That would be a huge impact on the carbon positive uh, impact on the construction industry in terms of the carbon footprint. So this is a, this is a new material that, that y'all are creating that replaces the need for concrete. Actually, geopolymer material existed before. So it also used in the construction industry before. So it's like a, the material that can be used for uh, extrusion and it's better than cement. We, we plan to transition from cement-like materials to the materials that does not contain cement at all because the nature of the concrete 3D printing technology allows us to do this, allows to explore new materials. I'm curious, what, what else has been made available through this technology that y'all are deploying that wasn't possible before? So you can now use the geo polymers. What else has changed? I think that the one biggest change that 3D printing technology brought is the freedom in design. So yeah, because the, we, we create the shape of a building, right, by adding this material. And uh, so in this case, we can build shapes that before used to be very expensive to build with the traditional materials and traditional approaches. And for example, even was not uh, impossible to build at all. So the freedom in design, it's a very um, huge step forward, how we can not just to build fancy houses, but also how we can build houses that more energy efficient and climate resilient, for example. Uh, because if we can build curved walls, the curved, curved shapes actually is more uh, resistant to the wind load or flood load. Yeah, because the, if you build the curved shapes, it sort of breaks the load on the surface. So yeah, that provides the opportunity to build houses that can be more resistant to the high wind load and uh, flood loads, for example. I want to I want to kind of take a step back and talk about kind of why why this is kind of coming to market now. So we had a, a pretty big 3D printing revolution in I don't know probably like 2010 2012, right? It got really popular. What were some of the kind of the important things that that were developed that have enabled um, you and, and your team to to be able to go do this? So I would say that the construction industry is not very easy industry to bring the innovations, right? It's it's very conservative. And it's also very highly regulated, of course, because we have to build houses that's safe and sound. So this is why it's a lot of regulations around this. But I would say that the 3D printing technology is a huge change, right? It's a, it just changed almost everything, not just 
how they how we build houses, but also how we change the construction landscape. Let's say how we deliver the material, right? How how people can work at the construction site. So obviously they now have more safe place to work and they don't need to do a lot of hard physical work, right? Because the, the robots can do this to build the walls together. So it really brings a lot of changes. And when we, we, we want to change something in a big way, it also all the time takes time, right? But what we have done so far to accelerate the adoption of the technology in the industry is that we introduced the uh, concept of the walls that can meet their building codes, uh, international building codes. It's very important because the it was one of the like uh, biggest problems so far. Uh, and uh, I will explain why. Because the 3D printing technology, a 3D printing process allows to build any shapes, right? You can print walls with any patterns uh, and the structural can be different. And it's it's good that we have a freedom of what exactly we can through the print. But if we want to meet the building codes, we have to build something consistent and we have to build houses in the same way all the time. So this is about what about the building codes. And so, yeah, and if we can come up with the idea, what would be the standard for the through the printed structures? That will significantly simplify the process of the building approvals and going through the regulations. So this is what we have been focused during the last year. We developed the uh, concept of the 3D printed walls as comparable to concrete masonry unit wall. And basically we structurally mimic the concrete masonry unit wall. And in this case, we can do everything the same as for masonry. And we can apply the same reinforcement approach, for example. We can just have a look at the building code for masonry and just do the same for our walls. And this is our, yeah, our uh, mission and I would say our plan, how to bring the technology for the commercial use and uh, get it more understandable for the building codes and building officials. Yeah, that will increase scalability of the technology. Yeah, because it seems like the yeah one of the challenges is how do you get the the people who are responsible for the building codes and the building regulation to to buy into this, especially when it's so new and it's so exciting, but it, but it's change and it's new and it's scary and people are like oh I don't know if this is gonna work is it gonna be safe like what are what are some of the misconceptions that people have about like the the way y'all are approaching this? I think that the one thing is about the reinforcement the companies that deal with the 3D printing technology, they try to reinforce the material itself, adding fiber or some continuous reinforcement, something like this. So for us, it's still not clear if it's really needed because the the whole structure has to be reinforced, right? And so this is why we actually came to the idea of the how the concrete masonry unit wall reinforced and we just can do the same. So, and we can meet the building codes and the requirements, and we can be sure that the how, through the print house, it's safe and sound because we just did the same as it's already well accepted and well studied in the industry. So, yeah, I would say that the uh, the most popular question is about is through the print house reinforced? <laughs> how you do this? <laughs> so, this is the one of the popular questions. What's the timeline looking like for for when people can 
expect to see kind of 3D printed homes be commonplace? I think that today 3D printing technology is the very actively developed. So we can see a lot of 3D printed houses across the world, in the United States, in Europe, for example. So now it already became the normal thing, right? If you if you talk to somebody four years ago about 3D printed houses, everybody would be like, what, what is it? <laughs> no, it's nonsense. But today, if you say 3D printed house, people are like, oh yeah, I know this, I heard this, I, I, I know what you talk about. So at least it already became a, something familiar for people uh, because a lot of proof of concept today like delivered by many companies. And now I think it's the time when we have to show the, not like the demo houses, we have to show the houses that permitted and has the certificate of occupancy. Because now we need to prove that the houses can be occupied by people. Because before everything that basically was 3D printed in the industry, it was more to showcase the technology, showcase the opportunity of the technology. So I think that now it started the process, another chapter in the industry, where now we can say that we already know how to 3D print houses. Now we exploring and proving that the houses can be safe and sound and meet all of the existing regulations. I think that it will take two years, I think, couple of years, I think, just to deliver more and more case studies of the permitted houses with the certificate of occupancy. And then uh, it will accelerate exponentially the application of the technology in the, for the commercial use. Yeah, because once people see that it's safe and sound and that it's certified for occupation, it seems like that it's going to be a no-brainer for folks in construction to shift because it is cheaper, it is more effective. And it does give them more flexibility with how they build homes. Where do we go from here? So 3D printing homes here on earth. Can you tell me a little bit about kind of how you see the future developing here and in the work that y'all have done with the, the NASA design competition? First, I think why we need to go to space. The earth is the nice place. We can keep living this, right? And like why we need to go to space. A lot of people think about this. Yeah, it's a cozy place here, very warm, a lot of oceans. But the population is growing, right? And basically every year it's more and more people living on Earth. And at the same time, we live in a finite system. So we consume the limited amount of resources. And so we and the species, we just need more space, right? If we want to save us. This is the one of the reasons why we need to expand our presence beyond the Earth, right? Because actually there are a lot of resources in space and uh, we can also bring the, some manufacturing proce- processes on the low orbit space around, the, around the, the Earth. So this is how we can actually help our planet in terms of the manufacturing and all of this uh, pr- production on Earth. And so the another reason why we also need to go to space is that the challenges all the time help us to improve our systems and create something something that we would never invent it uh, without these big challenges. Uh, for example, a lot of great inventions that we daily use today were initially invented for the purpose to use in space or international space station, like a Teflon, for example. We just 
nobody <laughs> can imagine the cooking the, the breakfast without the Teflon. And even the brackets for our teeth that we use to, to have our smile uh, looks beautiful. It also, this uh, material with the shape memory uh, property was invented for the, uh, to use in the International Space Station. So a lot of inventions we created because we had the bigger goal and very huge challenge. And then we just immediately start using it on our daily life and uh, improve our life on Earth. So this is why we all the time need to have the bigger goal, right? And uh, the goal of how to bring our humanity on other planets and also something that will help to improve the technologies that we can immediately apply on Earth, right? So yeah, so this is why the, uh, the concept about the building houses, building shelters on Mars and Moon, it became like a very attractive and very, I would say, popular and promising direction in the for the NASA and for the scientists, scientist uh, community in general. And so the robots actually gonna be the first who will be there, <laughs> right? Because it's very hard to build house on Mars, <laughs> right? It's not so nice as here. <laughs> that's such a good point like how does everyone think we're gonna go build stuff on mars we're not gonna show up with a bunch of like trees and concrete and bricks and hammers and nails like we're gonna need to come up with new solutions to to be able to build and develop on on the moon and on mars and other planets yeah yeah absolutely yeah yeah and so the robotic solution that's actually the way how we're gonna build first houses there so first we will send robots there they will through the print shelters and then first people will come there. So this is why the companies that doing 3D printing technology on Earth, they actually have the potential application to apply these technologies on Mars and Moon. So yeah, so this is why we all the time were uh, interested in this and um, uh, allocated some uh, efforts and our ideas about the, how this technology can also be used on Moon and Mars. And NASA competition, uh, was about the exploration about the what technologies is available today on Earth, and actually to promote these technologies to bring more awareness for the designers uh, and the engineers to this particular challenge. And so, the main task of the NASA competition was to 3D print a several samples, uh, like a scaled uh, samples of the potential shelter of potential habitat let's say in a full autonomous way because that's actually the most important task how everything can be built by robots in autonomous way because robots will be on mars or on moon we will be here on earth and so if something happens on mars nobody will be there to help robot to do something right and actually remote control it's also had a about 30 minutes delay between Earth and, and Mars. So we just will know if something happens there in 30 minutes, right? So this is why the NASA competition was designed around the autonomous through the printing process. And so this is what we successfully delivered. So we 3D printed a, a two samples. Uh, first, it was the, the slab, like a concrete slab. We 3D printed in a 
almost full autonomous way. And then we 3D printed the another small element of habitat. It's like a, this circle, big tank of water, I would say. So yeah, we 3D printed in a, in a very high autonomous way as well. And then we filled it with water just to check the leakage. So it was uh, actually be, behind the uh, 3D printing process. It was also a lot of tasks to test the material, to test the 3D printed structure, to see how the how the material performs and how the 3D printed structure also structural performs. When you think about the long-term future with like 3D printed buildings on earth and in space, what kind of world do you see? Oh, it's a very good question. First, I would like to see the world when we don't have a, such a negative impact on our environment, right? Because today we can see how bad the situation is, right? And this actually mainly because of us, because how we manufactured our infrastructure, how we did things. So I would like to see the world with, when it's no longer even a question about if we hurt our nature or not, if we hurt our environment or not. And so the new technologies and the 3D printing technology, it's also there can bring a very good impact on this because again, we generate less waste, right? And we can use the materials that eco-friendly without the cement involved in this. So yeah, I just uh, I just see, see the world where we produce everything in a smart way in, and with the less impact on our earth. I'm curious to get your take on like after the kind of baseline structures are set up on Mars, what do you see like the next iteration of of the 3D printing technology turning into? Is it just like call the scaffolding or the, the shell is going to be put up and then we need some other system to come in and fill it out? I don't know, like how do you, how do you see that developing? So the 3D printing the walls, it's like the first step, how we can change the way we build the houses. And uh, so later on, more automation should be brought to the construction process. So for example, how we install the roofs, probably we will be able to 3D print the roofs in future. So it's still like the question of the research and development and figure out how we can do this. We as a company, we aim to bring as much solutions to the automation solutions as possible. And the 3D printed the walls is just the, the first step for this. And uh, that would be interesting to, to see what the level of automatization can be in future for the home building process. Yeah, so that will significantly change the construction industry as well. Which would be really cool. Outside of the work you're doing at, at Apis Core and the 3D printing and, and perhaps even kind of the, our ability to go travel the galaxies and strive for something bigger and more challenging, um, what, what excites you about the future? I think the opportunity to travel beyond Earth, that's absolutely exciting things, thing for me. Because, yeah, we live today in a very interesting and advanced world, right? So we have a lot of innovations. We have a lot of technologies. We didn't have it like 20 years ago, right? But I think that I'm very lucky that I can live in today in the modern, modern world. So. Recently, uh, I saw the video of the Boston Dynamics seeing the dancing robots. I actually didn't believe that it's it's true, right? Because it's really like they remind me of the movie called I, Robot, right? 
So I was like, I watched this video twice just to really believe that it's true because the way that they move, it's so advanced engineering and robotics. So I just thought that, oh, like maybe in a couple of years we can connect Neuralink by, uh, developed by Elon Musk to these robots. And uh, that would be completely new future, right? It's actually something that we could, we could imagine only in movies like uh, 20 years ago, but today we see how it becomes a reality. So for me, I, I, I believe that while I'm living, <laughs> right, during my life's, lifetime, we definitely will be able to travel to Moon and Mars. And uh, it's really ex very excited for me, like uh, that I can be a part of this or at least see how it happens, right? There's so many cool people who are who are working on incredible things right now. The, the, the cultural narrative has not shifted such that everyone is excited about the future again, but I think we're we're getting very close. People are going to see all the stuff Elon's doing. We're going to, if someone will get back to go back to the moon, it'll be like, oh, oh, it's on. Like, let's go, let's go develop all these new things. Like, let's be very excited about technology. The future looks bright, but we're not quite there yet. So where, where can people find you and how can they support you in, in Apis Core? Uh, so they can find us online on our website and uh, they also can reach me out on LinkedIn if they want to talk to me personally. And so the help, I think that it's to promote that 3D printing technology, just uh, uh, talking about this and uh, help us to bring it to reality, uh, supporting us, I think, in a, in a, in a media uh, space just sharing our news and uh, keep an eye on us because very soon we're going to have a very exciting news and announcements so yeah that this kind of support is very important for us and uh, yeah it really means a lot when people really share our our vision and uh, support what we do because what we do is pretty complicated right <laughs> because it's a huge thing and it takes a lot of efforts and belief in everything so it's not like the very quick uh turn it off like a, and very big very quick outcome so yeah it, it takes a lot of time and uh efforts and everything and support by people it's really inspiring and just help you keep moving you know <laughs> absolutely absolutely cool yeah I'm, I'm a big fan of how do we just get more people excited about these things that take take a long time because because it's not like software where it's just like oh cool you just hit command enter and you have a website up it's to go through this long process of, of building everything. Yeah, and basically because we build physical stuff, physical objects, it's not the software. Yeah, I agree. And uh, hard tech is more like a challenging and complicated because you first need to build something, see how it works. Then you figure out, oh my God, something doesn't work as I expected, I need to rebuild it. It takes another like uh, cycle of, uh, of the design and, and rebuilding, fabricate and everything. And then you can see, if this again is right direction and then you test it and uh so the very good example of the how hard it is it's like the 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 rocket uh manufacturing for example so when you test the rocket and something went wrong it's just uh, exploded and you just cannot investigate what was wrong <laughs> right so this is the challenges when you build the physical objects and when you do something for physical world awesome cool well, hey thank you for for coming on uh excited about what y'all are doing and look forward to continuing to support 
and be a champion for Apis Core for you and for future where all of our buildings are are 3D printed and we're saving the environment and we're traveling the galaxies and we're we're building things because they're exciting and because we can. Yeah, future looks bright. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure and uh, congratulations with your podcast. Uh, it's it's really good good content that you create. Keep doing this. <laughs> Thank you. We'll do and and likewise. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Build the Future podcast. If you're building and want to get support, want to hear about certain topics or hear from certain people, shoot us over an email to hello at buildthefuturepodcast.com or follow me, Cameron, on Twitter at Cam Weesey, and we'll see what we can make happen. That's it from us. Until next time, go build.